Section 28 of Trips in the Life of a Locomotive Engineer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by E. M. Allen. Trips in the Life of a Locomotive Engineer by Henry Dawson. The Duties of an Engineer. Those unacquainted with the duties of an engineer are apt to think that they are extremely light and require him simply to sit upon his seat and, shutting off or letting on the steam, regulate the speed of his engine. Although this is a part of the duty, still it is but a small portion, and for the benefit of those of my readers who are not posted on the matter, I will briefly state a few of the things he has to think of. Say we take the engine lying in the shop cold, and an order comes for him to go out on the road. There is no water in the boiler. He must see that it is filled up to the proper level, and that the fire is started. He must know beforehand that no piece of the machinery is broken or loosened, so as to endanger the engine. To know this, he must make a personal inspection of every part of the engine, trucks, wheels, drivers, cranks, rods, valves, gearing, coupling, flues, scales, journals, driving boxes, throttle gear, oil cups. In short, everything about the engine must be seen to by him personally. He must know that every journal, every joint on the whole machine is in proper order to receive the oil necessary to lubricate it, for they will each and all receive a pretty severe strain in this coming ride, and, unless well oiled, will be pretty apt to get warm. He must know whether the flues are tight, or whether there are any leaks in the boiler to cause him trouble or render it necessary for him to carry a light pressure of steam. He must see that there is water in the tank and wood upon the tender, that he has upon the engine the tools usually necessary in case of a breakdown, such as hammers, chisels, wrenches, tongs, bolts, nuts, coupling pins, plugs for the flues in case one should burst, chains, extra links, jack screws, crow and pinch bars, an axe or hatchet, waste or rags, oil, tallow for the cylinders, and material for packing any joint that may give out. All this he must see to and know before he starts. And then, when steam is up, he can go. Now he must closely watch his time card, and run so as to make the various stations on time. He must know that his watch is correct and in good order. He must see closely to his pumps that they work right, and that the water keeps at the proper level in the boiler. He must watch the scales, that the pressure of the steam does not get too great, also the working of his engine. To the exhausts of the steam his ear must be as sensitive as a musical composer would be to a discord, for by it he can tell much of the condition of his engine, the set and play of the valves, and the condition of the many joints in the working machinery. At the same time, he must keep the strictest watch of the track ahead of him, ready-nerved for any emergency that can possibly arise. It may be a broken rail, cattle on the track, some stubborn, hasty fool striving to cross the track ahead of him, a broken bridge, washed-out culvert, a train broken down, or it may be some stranger frantically swinging his hands and, in every manner possible, endeavoring to attract his attention. Something may happen to his train or his engine, and he must keep the strictest watch of both, 
His hands must be ready to blow the whistle, shut off steam, or reverse his engine, on the instant intimation of danger, for his engine gets over the ground at a rapid rate, and nothing but a cool nerve and a stout arm can stop it. Perhaps not these. And if anything does happen, rendering it necessary for him to stop, he cannot say to anybody, Here, do this. He must go at it himself, and oftentimes, though it be but a trivial thing, it will tax his ingenuity to the utmost to repair it. Thus he goes on every day, be it clear or cloudy, whether summer breeze fill the air with balm, or the chill winds of winter make the roadbed solid as the rock, and the iron of the rails and wheels as brittle as glass. Whether the rain, pelting down, makes of every tiny brook a torrent, or the drifted snow blockades the track, and his engine has to plunge into the chilly mass, through it all his eye must never cease its vigil, nor his arm lose its cunning. In cold weather he must watch the pumps that they do not freeze while standing at the stations, or the wheels get fractured by the frost, and, in cold or warm weather, he must keep watch of every place where there is the slightest friction, and keep it well oiled. At every station where time is allowed, he must give the whole engine a close inspection, lest some little part be out of order, and endangering some larger and more important piece of the machinery. At last, after this, his journey for the day is ended. His work is by no means done. He must again inspect his engine, and if there is anything out of order, so much that he cannot without assistance repair it, he must apply at headquarters for the necessary aid. But there are a hundred little matters that he can attend to himself. These he must see to and do. The friction and enormous strain necessarily wears the brasses of the journals, and creates what he calls lost motion. That is, the journal moves in its box loosely without causing the required motion in the part of the machinery with which it is connected. This he must remedy by various expedients. The spring packing of the piston may have worn loose and required to be set out. Some one of the numerous steam joints may be leaking, and these he must repack. Some of the flues may also be leaking. If so, he must tighten them, or there may be a crack in the boiler that leaks which can be remedied by caulking. This he must do. The grate bars may be broken or disarranged. He must enter the firebox and arrange them. The packing in the pumps may have worn so as to render their operation imperfect, or the valves may be out of order, or the strainer between the tank and the pump may be clogged. If either or all be the case, he must take down the pump and rectify the matter. The smokestack also may be clogged with cinders, or the netting over it may be choked so as to impede the draft. If so, he must remedy it, or see that it is done. Some of the orifices, through which oil is let on to the machinery, may be clogged or too open. These he must see to. One or more of the journal boxes of the wheels may need repacking, and he must do it. An eccentric may have slipped a little, or a valve rod been stripped, or a wheel be defective, or a tire on the driving wheel may be loose, and have to be bolted on or reset. A gauge-cock may be clogged, a leaf or a spring broke, or the boiler may be very dirty and want washing out. Any of these things, or a hundred others, may have happened, and require his attention, which must on all occasions be given to it, for each part, however simple, goes to make up a whole, 
that, if out of repair, will render imminent a fearful loss of life and limb. Thus the engineer rides every day, having the same care and facing the same dangers, with the same responsibility resting on him. Who then shall say that, though he be grimy and greasy, rough and uncouth, given to tobacco-chewing and sometimes to hard swearing, he is of no consequence to the world? Who shall blame him too severely if sometimes he makes an error? End of section 28 End of Trips in the Life of a Locomotive Engineer by Henry Dawson